Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Years ago, I was living in this small town called DeLeon, Texas. Anybody ever heard of DeLeon, Texas? <laughs> well, if you have, you, you've been tra- well-traveled. It is, uh, it is not the biggest thing in the world, but it was an interesting little town. And this man came to me, and I'd been going to this church for years, and I'd left there, and then I came back to pastor this little church. I've been there a little while, and the man who was pastoring, who I was under at the time, came to me, and he said, well, I'm going to be leaving, I'm going to be leaving the church. And I'm thinking, well, what is going on here? I just, Lord, I know you told me that this is the final point to where I actually say yes to pastoring a church, and I take that leap. I know I heard you clearly, but what's going on here now? Now you say this man's leaving. Is the church going to shut down? Well, in walked this other man, and when when he walked in, I kind of questioned a little bit, because when you're in DeLeon and you see a man walk through the door in skinny jeans, (laughs) you know, that's that's an immediate red flag. You know, you're like, he's not from here. He's, He's not from here. Praise the Lord. But Eric Holler walked in that day, and we had this immediate connection we, we had a, an immediate connection. And we sat down and talked. And uh, he said, yes, I, I'd like you to stay on and pastor this church. And uh, it, it's been a blessing, a true blessing ever since. And then my move to Granbury. And the amazing people I've come in contact with. And the path the Lord has sent me on since then. I've been so blessed to come from a background that is broken like so many, but just to lean on the Lord through it, and all of a sudden things start to manifest in your life. But there's a key to it, and I want to talk about that tonight. If you have your Bibles, could you turn them to 1 Kings 19, verse 19. I love preaching on Wednesday nights. Some of the greatest services we have are on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights are the core group of people. You have the people who are passionate, who are hungry. Every Wednesday night they show up. On Sunday, Sundays you get a, a different variety of people. But Wednesdays, those are the people that are truly passionate. They want to grow. They want to grow. And so I see the biggest moves of the Spirit and the most amazing things take place on Wednesday nights. And it's such a blessing every time it happens. It's a true blessing. So I'm glad to be here on a Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back, for what have I done thee? And returned back to him, And took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered to him. 
Lord, I thank you that we can be here tonight. Lord, I thank you we live in a country where we can praise your name, where we can follow you freely, Lord. I thank you for that. Lord, I ask that people have open hearts and open minds to receive the word tonight because everything is done through the word of God. Praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> so here he was, a man of means. Said he had 12 yoke of oxen. Back then, that's like having a four Mercedes sitting in the garage. You know, you're a man of means. You know who your provider is at that point. He understood completely who his provider was. And when he was given an opportunity, follow the Lord or follow what you were doing, he said immediately, I'm going to follow the Lord. But what he did at that point was what was truly important. Because often in our lives, we get an opportunity and the Lord opens the door for us and we put one foot in and we look around to make sure everything's safe and then we'll go back to our old self and then we'll go back and forth through this door. We won't jump in with two feet. When, when uh, Pastor Eric came to me and uh, he said, I want you to go to Granbury. I was living in DeLeon. I owned a house there. And at the time, I thought, okay, this is where I'm going to be. But not long before that, I had this vision. The Lord came to me, and he showed me pastoring the church in Granbury. And I kind of laughed about it, and I went to my praise and worship leader, Moritz, and I told him about it because he lives in Granbury. He said, man, wouldn't that be great? Go up to Granbury. I, I wouldn't have to drive very far. But I had this, I had this dream, and I didn't, didn't think a whole lot about it at the time until he sat me down one day, and he said, I've got to ask you something said, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. And I said, do you want me to go to Granbury and pastor the church? And he looked at Brandon and he said, how do you know that? And I said, the Lord revealed it to me. The Lord revealed it to me. And then about a week after that, we had the prophetic conference here. And Roxanne Alexander walked in here. And she spoke the most amazing word. I still have it. I listened to it. She read my mail. She talked about how I was going to leave where I was, but I was waiting on for somebody to give what they were given, and then I would come in and take my place. That would come in through two doors. And it was so vivid, and every part of it has come to pass. And I knew this was from the Lord, and so I stepped in with both feet. No hesitation whatsoever. No hesitation. And we have to start doing that. We have to start stepping in with both feet. Because at this time, he knew he was called. Let's look at Romans 8, 28, 29. Or 29 and 30. Romans 8, 29 and 30. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called. And who he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. He knew he was called at that point. But at that point, do I step both feet in or do I hold back? He did what we needed to. He stepped both feet in. He not only did that, he took the oxen and his means, and he burnt them. So there was nothing for the old man to go back to. 
Because in my life, God said, I'm going to make a new creation out of you. A new creation, righteous and redeemed in his eyes. And we're shoved in that watery grave and we're pulled out a new creation. And at that point, there needs to be nothing of the old man to go back to. But so often, we turn around and we say, I need some of my addiction that I left behind me. I need something from the pornography I used to watch. I need my alcohol that I used to hang on to. There's all these things of the old man that need to stay buried in that grave, but we keep reaching back for them. And when we do that, we can never fully be manifested in what God has for us right now. You've got to leave the old man behind. There's nothing of the old man that needs to come forward with you. And that can be difficult. That can be very difficult. Because the world has told me so many. Anybody ever been lied to? I'm the only one. Oh, he's been lied to. Okay, good. I thought I was the only one. I've been lied to my whole life. It started when I was young. I'd go to church and they'd tell me, you better not do this. You're going to lose your salvation. I thought they had a little mafia or something back in the back that I mess up. They're going to run forward and grab my salvation and run out with it. Everything was so legalistic that I was in constant fear as a child. I don't need to screw up. Always going to God, Lord, I know I, I know I did this, and I know since I've done this, I've lost my salvation, and I need. And they had me confused and in fear, because the enemy knows the quickest way to get to a Christian is through the church. Had me walking in fear my entire life. And all these lies tell me, anybody ever heard, "You're not good enough? You're not pretty enough? You're not smart enough, or, or the greatest one, you can't do that. Look who your family was. Look how you grew up. Look what kind of vehicle you drive. Whatever it might be, all these lies have been told to us. And when I was growing up, they used to tell us things like, uh, they used to have these things, and they'd say, the poorer you were, the more holy you were. You ever heard that one? Or the uglier you were, the more holy. And we had a bunch of holy people in our church. I'm telling you what. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. You know, it, it, it was in Oklahoma at the time. So you know how Okies are. Oh, wait. Oh, Pastor Eric's not here. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I lived in Oklahoma for a long time. It's all right. It's all right. I, I love it there. I truly do. But, you know, it's, it's so easy to poke fun. It, it is. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, step on Eric's toes and start telling jokes because I know he's so great at it, but, uh, but yeah, oh, it's a highlight when he calls and says, I got a joke, and I'm like, let me sit down, let me sit down, we, we, got, we got to hear this one. I, I always know I am going to laugh. For some reason or another, I am going to laugh, though. But we got to start realizing that there is so much more for us. There is so much more than just showing up to church. I'm going to go to church this morning. I'm going to say grace at the meal. I'm going to put little prayer hands on Facebook and then they can call me a Christian. Oh, there's so much more. God has so much more planned for us.
But we put him in a little box. We put him in a little box. We say he can do this, but he can't do that. Who here believes in your salvation? All right, so according to that, we got about half the people saved in here. Praise Jesus, somebody getting saved tonight. Somebody getting saved tonight. But you can, it's so easy to believe in your salvation because it's something we deem eternal. I'm going to ask you a question. If you can believe in your salvation, why, can it, why is it so hard to believe every other promise God has in his word? Why is it so hard to believe every other promise? Say, salvation's for me, but healing? No, God can't heal me. Blessing? No, that's not for me. Salvation's for me, but blessing is not for me. Walking in favor with God and men? No, not for me. That's for so-and-so over there because he grew up in a nice family. All the promises in the word of God are for you. And the faster we start walking in that and understanding that, these things will start to be manifested in our lives. We no longer have to wonder, God, why, why have I not got my healing? Why is the blessing that is promised for me not flowing in my life? I, I walked for years and years wondering, why are these things not manifested in my life? I see it happening everywhere else, but why is it not happening in my life, God? And I felt like David. I felt like David standing out there picked up that stone and he stuck it in his sling and there's these, this giant in front of him and he puts it in his sling and it starts spinning and spinning and spinning and just like me I knew I had this gifting in me from a young age it was prophesied over me when I was a young child that I would be in the ministry someday and be pastoring a church and I said no not me Mm-mm. that's for somebody else but I knew I had this gifting in me and it was just sitting there spinning and spinning and as it's spinning, it's doing no good whatsoever. And I just let it spin and spin and spin. And I was just happy with what was going on at the time. Well, oh, they say I just need to be comfortable with what I have. And, you know, I don't need to ask God for a new car. I don't need to ask God for a house. And I don't need to ask God for a decent job. I just need to be happy with what I have. And it just sits there and spins and spins and this gifting inside of me just sits there and spins. But it's until it's released, it's not going to be effective at all. But David sat there and spun that spun, spun and spun and spun and then it was released and it took down a giant. Because you can have all that gifting inside of you and just let it spin and spin and you know it's there. The Holy Spirit's moving inside you, and you can't deny it. But until you release it and let it be manifested in your life, it's not going to do any good whatsoever. So we, we show up to church, and we're like, oh, I don't want to praise the Lord this morning because so-and-so sitting over there, and they might be watching me. I used to do that. Oh, I, I really feel like jumping around. I really feel like raising my hand, but people are watching. Uh, I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. I had a good friend of mine and his mom, uh, he's a pastor. And he said, well, mom, my friend's having a service and we're going to it. And uh, she said, oh, I can't be going to that with you. Y'all are crazy. Y'all believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. 
Y'all are loud. You ain't supposed to be talking during church. You think you're the pastor? And, but she got up and went anyway. And she'd been having this severe pain in her side, and she could almost not go. And she gets up there, and uh, they start calling people to the front for prayer, and people are jumping around, and she's talking to him. She goes, these people are nuts. These people are just crazy. And, and she, they said, anybody who needs prayer, come forward. And all of a sudden, something ruffles, and he looks forward, and his mom's walking up there, and he looks at his wife and says, what is she doing? She shocked me. And she walks up there. And the speaker walks up to her. And he touches her on the forehead and she hits the ground. Bam. And she lays there for an hour till the service is done. And at the end of the service, they go, she comes walking up and her hair is all messed up and there's stuff sticking out of it. And she just. And he said, Mom, they go out to eat. And he said, Mom, what happened? She goes, I have no idea. I have no idea. I remember walking up there. I have no idea. And he goes, well, how's your back pain? And she said, my what? And then this look on her face, she just realized that she had no pain whatsoever. She believes in the Holy Spirit now, let me tell you. Because there is no denying it. There is no denying it. You can try to push it down as much as you want. But there's no denying it. It's like with the gospel. You know, we, we come to church and we're like, oh, I got to have media and I need to have a 5,000 square foot building. I need to have a media team. I, you know, uh, make sure this is right and this is right. You know, we need to have a church van, uh, probably a church bus and all these different things. When the disciples think about y'all right there, think about me saying you right here, just y'all with just sandals and a robe. I want you all to spread the gospel throughout the entire world. And we think we need everything in the world to reach a small amount. It's the power is in the gospel. The power is not in what we do, what we buy, how we present it. I mean, I love coming up here because th this is wonderful. Y'all's team have done an amazing job year after year. You have an amazing team. Let, let's give everybody a hand who, who works. The people who volunteer their time are priceless. They sit back there and they, you know, whoever's running the board and the sound, they never get any praise until they, you know, nobody notices them until they mess up and then they're like, hey, what's going on here? But they're here day after day, giving their time. Given their time. Yeah. We've got to let all these things be manifested in our lives. I, uh, growing up in Deleon, there was this old man. And I love talking to him because he had the greatest stories ever. Anybody ever talk to somebody who's just yeah, be able to tell stories and just bring them to life so you can just completely understand them? And I, I would just sit there and listen to him and just be in amazement. Because these stories were things that from a time far before me. I'm, I might be pretty old, as you can tell by the gray hair, but I'm not that old. And he would tell these amazing stories, and he talked about growing up, the highlight of his childhood was getting to see the circus. Or so he thought. 
his dad was very poor, very poor. And he told his dad, dad, I want to go to the circus. It's coming to town. And he's so passionate about it. He knew about it for months leading up to it. Dad, I just want to go to the circus. And it was a dollar to get in, which is a lot of money back then. It's a lot of money. And his dad, you know, they barely sometimes didn't have shoes. But his dad saw the passion in this child's eyes. He wanted to do good for his child. Just like the Lord wants to do good for you. And so his dad did everything he could. He was saving pennies here and there. Everything he could. And he told his son, I want you to do these things. I've got these projects for you. I want you to do. And if you do these, you'll have your dollar. And so his son, no problem, got them all knocked out. And came the day of the circus, he went to his dad. And his dad pulled out that dollar and handed it to him. And he put it in his little worn out overalls, covered in dirt and dust and knees ripped out and started walking to town barefoot. And this is a couple mile walk. Have you ever been around Deleon? All the roads are sand out there. So walking through this 120 degree sand to get into town and he comes into town and the street is just lined with people. And he walks up to the street And he kind of works his way through everybody and he gets right up there and he's standing and he looks down and all of a sudden there's this car coming. And he'd he'd seen cars, but nothing like this. It's colorful and things all over it and horns going off. And he said, I've never seen something so amazing in my life. And it goes by and all of a sudden there's this old truck and it's pulling this wagon And in this wagon, it's a cage, and the top is cut out of this cage, and there's a giraffe's head sticking out. And this kid, he's grown up around chickens and geese, cows, pigs, but he's never seen anything like this in his life. And this giraffe goes by, and he's just in amazement watching this thing. And all of a sudden, he hears something that just shakes him to his core. He hears a lion roar. And he said, I froze, and I looked around, and there's this another cage coming, and there's this lion laying there, and he stands up. He said, I've never seen anything so powerful in my life. And when it released out of its mouth, he goes, it just froze you and shook you to the core. And he goes, and then I looked down there, and he said, and there's this lady. Does she have a beard? What is that? She does have a beard. How'd she do that? And he goes, all these amazing things that just boggled my mind. I couldn't understand them, but I knew they were real. They're right in front of me. I know they're real, but I don't understand them. I've never seen anything like this. He said, and then finally, the clowns come by. He goes, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. They're riding these little bikes all around in circles on the road and and they're hopping in and out of this little car. And he goes, I don't know how all they got in there. And they goes and they had these huge shoes and these red noses. And, and he goes, as the last clown comes by, I pulled that dollar out and I handed it to him. And I turned around and I started walking home. He goes, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I just got to go see the circus. He goes, and then years later, I'm a little bit older and they have the circus again. And I go into town. And I realized I hadn't seen the circus. I'd just seen them leading them into town. 
And we spend our whole life seeing God operating in our life. And we think, I've seen all God has for me. This is amazing. He's doing things right in front of me. But I haven't seen the circus yet. I, it, I'm not letting all of it be fully manifested in my life. I'm seeing the amazement of what he has, but I'm stopping there. I'm not letting myself go fully in to what he has for me. It scares me to think I'd spend my entire life and stand before the Lord and him say, you never accomplished what I had for you in your life. I want him to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Because I know what God has done in my life. He's taken me out of addiction. Removed me from things that I never thought I could get out of. And keeps putting me back on a path and says, I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you. And he has a purpose for everyone in this room. But if we continue to think that we've seen everything that God has for us just because we saw the clowns and the lions and the giraffe and these things go by, just because God has blessed me, he gave me my salvation, well, praise Jesus. We're going to heaven now. That's wonderful. But how about if we not set our goal on salvation and said our goal is living in a pleasing way to the Father and letting him be fully manifested in us on this earth. Because every time you think God has done every work in your life that is going to be done, you might as well hand that dollar over. Because we have only seen the tip of what he has for us. Because anybody who tells you that spiritual gifting is not for today, healing is not for today, that was done on Azusa Street, or that was done in Florida. No, 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 no. It's for right now. When you walk out of here and you go to a job interview, you need to walk in realizing, I'm going to find favor. I'm going to find favor. Because this is my God. And I am his child. And the love he has for me is greater than anything this world has. When you finally realize the love of the Father, it changed your life completely. When I finally realized the love God has for me, it's hard to describe. It is hard to describe. I think about years ago being drowned in addiction and poverty and all these things from growing up and people saying, you'll never be anything. You're poor. Look who your family was. All these different things. But knowing deep inside that I had a God who loved me, but not truly understanding his love, not having a true revelation of his love in my life. 
I, uh, what time are we getting? Okay, all right, I'm almost through my opening, so. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You give a pastor a mic, I'm telling you, you just, just sit down, might be a little while. <clears throat> but it's like this. When I was a kid, there was this mattress, and I loved it. It had cowboys and stuff on it. And it was one of those plastic mattresses in case you peed on it, you know. Y'all know the mattress. It was one of those kids' mattresses. And it had cowboys on it, and I loved this thing. And I loved it so much, I wouldn't let them take it. And my knees were hanging off of it, and they're like, you have to sleep in a bigger bed. And I'm like, but I love this one. I love this one. And so finally, they got me a bigger mattress, and they set it out in a little washroom. And I would take that thing, and I would take it out. And there was this tree out back. And this tree had these little thorns all over it. And I wanted so badly to climb this tree. So badly. And I would take that mattress, and I would set it at the bottom. This thing I loved so much, I would set it at the bottom. And I would go climbing this tree, and it would stab into me. And I'd let go, and I'd fall down, and that mattress would catch me. And I'd step all over it and get dirt and stuff all over it. And then I'd go climbing this tree again. I realized that's what I was doing in my life. That I was trying to climb this tree. I was trying to do things in my life that I knew were going to hurt me. I knew they were going to hurt me. But I'd keep going back to them. But every time, something that love, I love so dearly, God was always there to catch me. And he'd catch me. But then I'd get up and I'd step all over him and I'd wipe my dirty feet all over him. And I'd go right back to that tree and start climbing. And it'd hurt me and I'd fall again and it'd catch me. Over and over. I've fallen so many times in my life. But he was always there. He was always there to catch me. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want to share one more story real quick before I close. We've got to start realizing who we are. We've got to leave the old man behind us. We've got to stop trying to bring pieces of the old man. And we've got to start being fully manifested in everything God has for us. A lot of it's not realizing who we are. I was watching this uh, National Geographic or whatever it was. And they had this lion, Cub. And its parents had died, so they brought this lion cub in, and they raised it for a little while, and then reintroduced it to the wild. And when they did, all these other animals started picking on it. They'd come up and mess with it and jack with it, because it didn't realize it was a lion. It had no clue. So they'd mess with it and mess with it, wouldn't let it have the food that was promised to it. So one day I realized it was a lion. And they no longer kept anything from it. Everything stolen from you by the enemy in your life, when you realize who you are, will be repaid to you a hundredfold. Because he has stolen many things from everybody in this room. There's not a person in this room he hasn't stolen something from. But I guarantee you, once you realize that you are a lion, 
you realize your anointing, your calling, and once you realize the authority which you walk in on this earth, never again. Never again. Praise the Lord. Father, I just thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being the God you are. Thank you for the price you have paid for us. Lord, I know, I know we have to be frustrating. I know I am. But Lord, I just want to thank you for continuously catching me and putting me back on the path, pointing me to where I need to be going. Lord, I just ask that we all have that revelation in here, that every one of us realizes who we are, that we stop reaching back trying to hold on to the old man and start walking as a new creation, righteous, redeemed in full authority. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 